Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of July 10, 2016. Another American Council of the Blind conference and convention is history. And as usual, it was packed with programs, workshops, exhibits, tours, food, and friends, and fun. If you were there, we know you came back home with lots of Minnesota memories. If you couldn't be with us in Minneapolis, we hope you shared some of the excitement on ACB Radio. At the last general session of Convention Week, the elections always take place. In even-numbered years at ACB, we elect both directors of the board and members of the Board of Publications. There are 10 directors on the ACB board, and they serve for four-year terms. Therefore, five of the 10 directors are elected every two years, and a person is limited to serving two consecutive four-year terms. This year, Michael Garrett of Texas and Burl Colley of Washington State termed out. They both were elected to the board in 2008, and so were not eligible to run for another term. Jeff Bishop of Tucson, Arizona, was first elected to a board position last year when he filled a seat left vacant when John McCann, also of Tucson, became ACB second vice president. Sarah Conrad, a law student from Madison, Wisconsin, and Dan Spoon of Orlando, Florida, were first elected in 2012 and so were also eligible to run again. Jeff, Sarah, and Dan were all elected to the board by acclamation. Then the fun began. Denise Colley of Washington State was the nominee from the nominating committee for the fourth board seat. Dan Dillon of Tennessee was nominated from the floor, and Dan won that director position. Tiffany Jolla from Virginia was the nominee from the nominating committee for the fifth seat. Denise Colley was nominated from the floor, and Denise prevailed. Thus, we welcome Dan Dillon of Tennessee and Denise Colley of Washington to the ACB Board of Directors. But wait, that's not all. Denise Colley had been serving as the chair of the ACB Board of Publications. Upon being elected to the ACB Board of Directors, her seat on the BOP became vacant. President Kim Charlson announced that current BOP member Ron Brooks from Phoenix, Arizona, would become BOP chair, and that Susan Glass of California would become the other appointed member of the BOP. We then proceeded to the election of the three remaining members of the Board of Publications. Doug Powell of Virginia was seeking his third and final term on the BOP, and he was elected unanimously. Since no candidates were put forth for the other two seats by the nominating committee, nominations were made from the floor for the second seat. Deb Cook-Lewis from Washington State and Fred Scheigert of New York were nominated, and Deb Cook-Lewis won that race. Fred Scheigert, Renee Zellickson from Illinois, and Paul Edwards from Miami, Florida were placed in nomination for the third seat, and Paul Edwards was elected. The Kandu Canine Lions Club is a very special club in Minnesota, and some of their members visited with the American Council of Blind Lions at our luncheon on Thursday of Convention Week. Maureen Pranghofer, president of the Kandu Club, gave a most interesting presentation about the club and its purpose, and we bring you part of her comments on page 2. One of the highlights of every national convention is the visit by a talking book narrator. This year, Martha Harmon Pardee came to ACB thanks to the sponsorship of the Library Users of America. Martha spoke to General Session on Wednesday morning, and you can hear her remarks in the ACB Radio Convention archives. On Wednesday afternoon, she spoke to a joint session of the Library Users of America Braille Revival League, and American Association of Blind Teachers. It was standing room only, and we thought you would enjoy hearing some of her remarks on page 3. And on page 4 is the Sound Prince calendar.
page two. Good afternoon, Lions. I am Lion June Link, your very proud president of the American Council of Blind Lions. I would like to welcome you to our annual business luncheon. This afternoon, we have a lot to share with you and a lot of things to do. Good afternoon, Lions. I am Lion June Link, your very proud president of the American Council of Blind Lions. I would like to welcome you to our annual business luncheon. This afternoon, we have a lot to share with you and a lot of things to do. So what I'm going to do now is turn our microphone over to Ryan Carla, who will introduce our speaker this afternoon. Thank you, Lion Jim. Most of the time at ACB National Conventions, we make a club visit. And sometimes that visit turns out to be in the evening, sometimes it turns out to be in the afternoon. But there's never a good time that we can make that visit because there's so many things happening at the ACB convention. This year, the club, it was just a natural for us to have, try to get together with, um, was a club that doesn't usually have too many in-person meetings. <clears throat> I understand that they meet like a lot of our committees do, and actually like ACB Lions does, and that they use conference call meetings and things like that. It's a great way for some of us to be able to get together when we either have transportation issues or we're spread in, around in different areas and we're not close together. So instead of us going to them, they came to us. And as you know from the program, this is a reverse club visit. Because instead of ACB Lions visiting a club, they are visiting us. Today we have Lion Maureen Pranghopper with us and three other members of the Can Do Club from Minneapolis. And they support Can Do Canines in, um, in this area. And I would, I'm not going to talk a lot about them because that is what they're going to do. They're going to tell us about their very unusual and very wonderful service projects and what they do. So with that, I'd like to introduce Lion Maureen. Well, welcome. Um, the way you've welcomed me has been, it's been great. Um, we have, besides myself, Lion Marine, we have Lion Pat, Lion Terry, and Lion Paul, my husband, from the Candu Canines Lions Club of Minneapolis. I am going to make a sound that you are going to hear. That is our gavel. It is the biggest rawhide bone you've ever seen. <laughs> In your life, and since we are the Candu Canines Lions Club, it's often all about dogs. We used to actually, instead of hitting it on a table, hit it on a hamburger that squeaked. <laughs> <laughs> However, we broke the burger, so. <laughs> anyway, I want to talk a little bit about the history of our club and what we do, and invite you guys to ask questions and if um, any of you other lions, uh, Pat or Terry or Paul, have something you want to add, by all means do so. Our club is a relatively new club. It was founded five years ago. And when it was founded, some lions from the district approached Candu Canines and said, I think it would be cool to have a Lions Club specifically to support your organization. And that was the germination of our club. Candu Canines, I have to explain a little bit about that, what it does. It is a, an organization that trains service dogs here in the Twin Cities. And 
They're, they do not train guide dogs, but they train dogs to help people with mobility problems. I have had two dogs from them and I'm on the waiting list for my third. I am totally blind and because of a spinal cord injury, I use a power wheelchair. So the dogs do not guide, but they do things like picking things up for me, carrying things, opening and closing cupboard doors, putting their paws on the counter so that I can get changed, which can sometimes be very funny. We were at Caribou Coffee one time and Allie put her paws on the counter and handed the clerk a $5 bill, which she was supposed to do because I can't reach up that far. When she came off the counter, she was a naughty girl and she had two chocolate coins. <laughs> They didn't answer me right away, and I thought, oh no, they're really mad. No, they were laughing. They said they'd never seen a dog get its own change. <laughs> so I, I've really, really enjoyed having my mobility service dog, and I'm look forward, looking forward to getting my next dog. Lion Terry, who is with us, has a dog from Candu Canines named Brody, who is here today. He's a wonderful large black lab, and Brody helps Terry with when she has a seizure. And um, if you ever want to hear a heartwarming story, is about all the times Brody has saved her life by jumping up on her when a seizure um, is happening and activating a device that stops the seizure. Really? Wow. And um, so Terry is here, and, and anyway, so. At our meetings, we always have a lot of dogs. Now, we physically meet once a month. Once a quarter. Once a quarter. See, these guys, I'm glad they're listening. This is good. Um, once a quarter, we meet, and there are always a lot of dogs. There are the graduates from Cadu Canines that have dogs that help with seizure, mobility, um, diabetes control. We have dogs who um, know when someone has hypoglycemic unawareness and they can tell when their blood sugar is too low and they alert the person. And it saves people's lives all the time. We don't have anyone, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, in our club right now that has uh, an autism assist dog in their family, but Canyon Canines also provides dogs to assist with autistic children to keep them from bolting into the street, that kind of thing. So at our club meeting, we have graduates with dogs. We have people that are raising puppies for Candu Canines. Lion Pat, who is here, has raised many puppies. Oh, thank you. And um, so, yes, let's thank you. He's happened to have raised poodles, right, Pat? Poodles and poodle mixes. Poodles and poodle mixes. Um, so that's a little bit about Candy Canines, what it does. And to have a Lions Club to support that means that when we have service projects, a good share of the money that we raise, about 80%, goes back to Candy Canines. The rest of the money goes to other projects just like any other Lions Club would do. The difference between our club and other clubs is that because we meet once a quarter, how do we have our other meetings? We have them by email. We have a newsletter that comes out. And when you apply to the newsletter, that is in the place of attending a meeting. And it sounds like you guys kind of have a cyber club too with the ACB affiliate possibly. And so because of that, we are also able to have people from other areas join our club. We have someone recently who graduated with a Candu Canines dog from Milwaukee to join the club, even though we're here in the Twin Cities. So the potential is that if you know someone that think they can't get to their own club, we always encourage people to go to their home club and their neighborhood club, that they may want to check into something like Candu Canines funds because you can join it without actually being there. Um, we do have the quarterly meeting and we do Skype in people who are from another location. 
And in fact, right now we have, even in our officers, our secretary is from Iowa. So um, it works really well. And what we do for services, some of the projects that we've had in the five years, it's, it's challenging. We have found to find ways that people with different disabilities can get out and do some fundraising. But, but it works. We have sold calendars. The calendars have pictures each month of a puppy that's in training. Um, we also have had an event called Pups, Pup Pictures with Santa. And our district governor is a, the past district governor is a wonderful Santa. He natural beard everything. And he, um, has volunteered time to be Santa, and people can bring their pets and get pictures of their pets with Santa, and they make a donation to the club in return for the picture. Um, we have looked for fundraising things that we could do online. In this past year, Lion Pat found the Flower Power Project, which is great if any of you are looking for online stuff. All you have to do is get it out there on Facebook that you're selling these flowers, and anyone that wants to order, they order them online, and then those are delivered right to first, so you don't have to go door to door selling anything. And so, um, those are some of the things that we've done. We also participate in uh, Can Do Canines has a big fundraising project called the Wolferoo. <laughs> we participate in that every fall and have a have a booth for people. And it's kind of a, a walk, you know, with your dog and people pledge for so much. The only other the other project we have is the Star Project. And we go to businesses and get American flags that have embroidery on them and we cut out the stars and we put them in little baggies and it says thank you for serving and has a little poem about the flag and we present those to veterans as a thank you. Um, thank you. Um, we would very much like to thank Page three. This is always the most crowded breakout session of the afternoon of the ACB convention because we all wanted to get a little bit more time with our first speaker. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Paul Edwards and I'm president of BRL and, and, and myself and Brian and Ms. Crohan would like to welcome all of you here. So Brian has said that, that because I've been bad, <laughs> He's going to reward me by giving me the opportunity of introducing our guest speaker. So, uh, most of you were, were at the general session this morning and had an opportunity uh, to, to already hear Martha Harmon party, and most of you will also be saying, why doesn't he just shut up? And so that's precisely what I'm going to do. It gives me great pleasure to introduce to all of you Martha Harmon Party. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's so kind. You have no idea how much that means to me. You really don't. It's just lovely. Um, so yeah, just I guess this is just a time for you guys to fire away with any questions you have. I say go for it. I might say that's none of your business. But, um, <laughs> but no, really, you know, what I always like to tell my students is the only stupid question is the unasked question. So somebody's got her hand up already. She's just ready to go. I'm Kathy Devon from Massachusetts. And Hi, Kathy. Hi. And I'm retired now, so I get all the more time to read with my Victor's stream, and I love it. And you yeah. are, every time I look for a new book, and I, oh, good, it's Martha. Oh. And when they did that thing and stopped giving you the Roar books, I just about had, it was like 2 in the morning, and I no. sleep, and I, I, know. And I heard it, and I went, no. I know. I was like, I was, literally, it, it really broke my heart. Like, I... You know, for of course, you know, of course, I took it personally first. Like, what did I do wrong? And so my question—that's yeah. my question. Why did they do it? You know. And also, I want to tell you, I love your Irish accent. It's grand. Oh, thank you very kind. <laughs> <laughs> 
I um I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, is there anyone from DC in this room? <laughs> is this a safe space? Um, <laughs> you know, we I don't have any idea. I just um, there's you know there's the there's the question of commercial recordings being used. Also, um, they're supposed to be. I kind of stay out of it because. I just want to. I just want to do my job to the best of my ability, you know. But there's supposed to be these different levels, and like T1 is that means that the same person has to record the book. And and my understanding was that's how that stood. And I re I really was. I was so saddened, Kathy. Yeah. When yeah, because they, I love them. I love them yeah, all. I totally feel you. So well, that's why. We should all do a thing. So is this recorded? If anybody hears it, we should all say, bring back Well, you know, Donna, as I mentioned this morning, this lovely, lovely patron, Donna Russell Grauman, did that. She wrote to DC and she got a bunch of people and it, it was kind of cool. And they, and they were good. They gave me the rest for a little while. And then once again, you know, they diverted one. But I think I'm back on track with them. I know I did the last one. Hi Martha, this is Josette uh, Kernahan from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And Hi Josette. I, I would like to say, first of all, that I've read tons of books that you've narrated. I've enjoyed each and every one of them. And um, what I really like about your narrating is you bring all the characters to life, expression, accents, everything. Thank you. That's fabulous. Now my question yes. is, um, I just recently reread um, the little house books that you read, uh -huh. and I read all the ones about Rose and Laura and yes. all that. And you did a fabulous job with those, but what I wanted to comment on is, I guess this must have taken place before NLS stopped um, uh, allowing you narrators to sing, and you sang all of the uh, pioneer songs in those books. But I really enjoyed it, it just brought so much more to those books, and uh, thank you so much, that was great. I would, I would love to say thank you, but I don't know that that was me singing because my my instruction has always been because for you did though. I mean, it was you. I know. I did read the books. Yeah, I, there's there's copyright issues when it comes to singing, and sometimes it's so silly because they'll be singing Happy Birthday, and we have to say. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. And everybody knows the dang tune, but we're not allowed to sing it. So, well, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there, they say it's changing. I don't know. We don't always get all the updates, but it's, sometimes I'm glad because I have no idea how the song is supposed to go. But a lot of times when I do, I'm like, oh, can I just sing it? It's almost impossible not to if it's one you know. I'm Mickey Fran, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and uh, I saw Laura Generelli when she was oh, talking about sure. it, and she said that she said she had permission to sing them. She got permission. Okay. Yes, she did. So yeah, I've i just was always told no. And thank so. you for your marvelous reading, and I I pick up a book of yours and. I know the characters because of the voices you have. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's That means so much to me to hear that. Thanks. Yeah, I figured, you know, let's make it fun for everybody. I mean, it's more fun for me to engage, and I hope it's more fun for the readers. Yes. My name is Judy Wilkinson. Hi, Judy. I'm, I'm from California. I'm a retired English teacher. Nice. I read hundreds of books a year, nice. and I have every title I've read in a little list from 1997. Wow. Your name appears many, many times. Oh. But I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. Ask yes. you, please, oh, no. construct a little bit of that dialogue <sighs> between that those Brits, that Irishman, that Oh, you Scotsman, would not do that to me. Do you want to do you want to see a narrator cry? Is that your fault? <laughs> Is this public humiliation day or what? <laughs> so you're asking me to come up not only with the dialect but with some text that. <laughs> okay, so an Irishman walks into a bar and he sees a Scotsman and he says to the Scotsman, "How are you doing today?" And the Scotsman says, "I'm doing fine. How are you doing today?" And then a British man walks into the bar and says, what are you two talking about? <laughs> and the Irishman says... <laughs> oh, you're all 
very, very kind. I just wondered if you were feeling at all uneasy with the commercial things that are coming on to Bard. <laughs> it's a little scary. Yeah, I mean, it is. Let's, let's face it, we all, you know, it's been, that's been one of the biggest revolutions. When I started this, you know, books on tape were not, just for the sort of general public, commercial books on tape were not a, as huge a thing. And yeah, I mean, oh gee, should we have Meryl Streep or Martha Harmon Pardee record the book? <laughs> that's a no-brainer. I just have to believe, like, we, you know, we get some of the more, maybe, uh, you know, less known books, and I, I don't know, I, you know, I'm an actor too, and, and that's a, those are, you know, that's a culture of scarcity, there's way more actors than there are parts, I just gotta, I just, I just put one foot in front of the other and, and know that, know that what, you know, I've been doing and what my friends have been doing and Eric it's an important it's an important thing to be doing and I just I just put my faith in the fact that anything that's for the good of that many people is is going to be supported in one way or another you know we're, we're not going to get all of them I haven't we don't get the big titles anymore I don't care I don't I don't really care like I, I just want to I just want to keep doing this because I just want to stay connected to all of you in any way so hey. it's true it's true Yeah, I hope not. I hope no, not. <laughs> All right, Sally, you're on. Hi. Hi. This is Sally McFingers from Iowa. Hi, Sally. I noticed, though, too, like in the endings of the book, it doesn't say put in rubber band or string. I know they changed it, Sally. They changed it to put a note in there. Yeah, or to contact your local. Yeah, contact yes. your. Yeah. Right. Right. It's just a change, and, and I'm I'm gradually getting used to to it. And my question is, <clears throat> though, like you put notes in the boxes. Yeah. In that, male people at the post office may tend to open those up to see if it's truly free matter for the blind or handicapped. Oh, I see. You know, um, is there somebody in the room that can speak more to that? I, I, you know, I don't know about the particulars, but I see what you're saying. They're saying, why are you trying to sneak something by us? I, I would just, I would just, does it happen frequently? Is there, no? I'm sorry, Sally, yeah, I just don't have a, a, an exact answer. Have you, do, does anybody read Choice in here? Okay, for, for years I would have to read this ending announcement about the gray versus the green box. And I'm like, okay, come on, just a minute here, people. Really? <laughs> you know, and, and finally, they finally, this last time I read it, they changed it and it, it's more texturally. But I'm like, gray and green? Are you kidding me? So. I'm Lorraine Olson from Falls, South Dakota. I just want to say I love Goldie Schultz. Oh, me too. Yeah. I read about and she's uh, it's about a caterer. Yes, and you yeah. know what's really funny is that my mom went to college with the author. Oh, really? yeah. So it's like a cool small world thing. Yeah. yeah. So um, thank you. Actually, I haven't I haven't recorded anything of hers in a while. I wonder well, if she's doing commercial stuff. I read the the number sixteen and and. Uh, What's her husband? Tom, Tom. wanted her to right. wanted them to think about having a baby. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't read the last book, so I don't know. Yeah, I I haven't had one. I saw one coming up on my shelf. It's another. It's called Wedding Cake Mysteries, but it's not Goldie oh, Schultz. Okay. It's somebody else. Yeah, they're very good. Everybody, everybody is a mystery solver these days. You can be a quilter and a mystery solver. You can be a renovator and a mystery solver. <laughs> I think I'm going to be a narrator and a mystery solver. <laughs> I'll write my own books and I'll record them. No one else can <laughs> Go away, Meryl Streep. This is mine. What is the most hilarious thing that's ever happened to you when you if you make a, a mistake or whatever? What is the funniest thing that's ever uh, happened to you? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I have... To that sort of thing. I have an answer for that. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's not very ladylike. <laughs> 
or appropriate or or we it's, have heard it all. Oh, it was so it was so it was so bad, and it actually was kind of chilling because. When okay, so I record. Obviously, when I'm recording, then someone is working with me, and they're catching my mistakes, and we fix them on the spot. And then somebody um, monitor, somebody um, audits the book uh, through and through, side side, you know, every side all the way through. And then somebody goes back and QCs it, which means they listen to the first ten minutes and the last ten minutes of the side. Um, at, at regular speed, and then the and then the remaining. I'll do the math quick. Seventy minutes uh, at high speed, and catch anything that wasn't catched in the in the audit. Well, um, you guys are all going to walk out and be. Don't ever bring that woman back here again. <laughs> so so it was a book, and it was like it was one. Do you remember the Carrie Mae Hollister? Is that right, Carrie Hollister? Corey, yes, hey, Corey, Corey Bell Hollister, thank you. So I actually uh, had a good sort of review of American history. Corey Bell was everywhere, you guys. Yeah. Corey Bell was there when Lincoln was shot. Corey Bell was there when the railroad was put in. Corey, Corey Bell was there when we landed on the moon. No, I'm just um, But it was, it was one of the, it was, and sometimes, Sometimes, for me, my personal taste, subjective, subjective, it got a little saccharine, just a little bit saccharine sometimes. So um, I was reading one of these books, and I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, but I had a little, I don't think it was the text even, but it was something in the booth. Must, oh, might be, for a while, my booth, I don't know a lot about um, electricity, but when it would rain, water would come through my light fixtures, and I know that it's not good. I'm not a skilled electrician, but I know that water dripping through your light fixtures is not a good situation. So I think that's what happened. So I just let fly with a string of words. And it was like right in the middle of this book. Well, the scary, the really scary thing was it wasn't caught in the original book. So, in the QC, so when we do corrections, right, um, we don't get paid at all for that time. So we want to read as cleanly and uh, and artistically and uh, efficiently as possible and, and minimize the corrections. And then when we have the corrections, we want that to be an efficient process, get it done, move on back to the money-making portion of the day. So the... So the the uh, corrections sheet was very vague, and it just it told us the page number, it told us where to go, and it's just like just listen. And I just was like, oh, I hate it when they do that because how are we supposed to be able to know what the correction is? Blah 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 blah. And they're like, I don't know. Let's just, so we click play, and it was very very clear. What <laughs> needed to happen? And the thing is, is that I know. Well, it might exist somewhere, but it was just like, oh, no. What? What if and and in fact there is a reel of my outtakes. Yes. How do I get that? No, sir. No. I can't even get my hands on it. I want it for so that's. Yeah. So we fixed it, and I've tried to keep my outbursts down to a minimum. How did you get involved with narrating in the first place? Through Eric. Um, when we first got, we're getting to know each other, we were doing a show together, and um, I said, what do you do? And he told me, and I was like, what is that, what? I'd never heard of it. So, um, and then he said, you know, well, you should make a tape, and I thought that was like a line, a pickup line. <laughs> uh, but then the studio director said the same thing. Uh, so, um, yeah, it was always through him, and, um, and I, I'm, you know, I'm grateful to him for a lot of things, and that's this is certainly one of the biggest. So, one of the things, and I don't know if you can explain this or not, mm. but I love the way that you do um, the male voices, and oh. I don't know how you thank do you. it. Is there any way you can describe you know, that to us? I, I thank you for saying that because you know that's a that's a tricky thing, and I, I have to give props to my. Um, 
my education and uh, specifically what I studied at Northwestern, um, one of my favorite teachers was a woman by the name of Lilla Heston. And if you recognize the last name, it's because that was her half-brother, Charlton. Um, but you could not imagine two more different people. You know, he was big Mr. Beauty Man, and she was this tiny little... Um, but we... We always talked about, and, and, and I think this is true for all characters, is that you, you try to portray the essence and not... Because I don't want to just talk like this, you know? Like. <laughs> so, it's, so sometimes my male character's voices, in terms of pitch, it almost is at, at the same pitch or even a little higher than women. But it's more about cadence and, and hopefully just my... Like, I just try to adjust my sort of mindset... Um, because I don't, like, and I don't, I, I think it's harder for men to do women's voices because they always, let's face it, they always sound like they're trying to, you know, it always sounds a little condescending to me. And I used to, like, I used to, Eric and I would have <clears throat> discussions about this. Um, you know, but, but, but I really appreciate you saying that, Alice, because, you know, without trying to just sound like a, I'm a guy. You know, you, you still want to, you still want to get across that dynamic. Um, Oh, Mr. Rourke, you know, he's a sexy one, isn't he? Make him say Darling Eve. Oh, Darling Eve. You will wear this dress, you will look lovely, and we won't hear another thing about it. Laura, my question would be, why not read Cole's captioning? Is that part of the mandate? Uh, including uh, like pictures and books. Uh, Rick, pre pretty much everything I do is fiction and nonfiction, but it's not um, any kind of technical or textbooks. So um, there is a um, reading for the blind. I know does that. Um, so I, I sometimes books have captions in them. If the the rule, as I understand it, is if the caption to the photograph has something um, explaining what's going on in the picture. In other words, if it's just a picture of me, you're not going to say Martha Harmon Pardee, because that, who cares? But if it's a picture where Martha Harmon Pardee is, you know, cutting a ribbon at the opening of the new Walmart, then you're going to read that, because it's, because it, you know what I'm saying? It's like it has additional information. Um, in terms of who decides that, I think it's just, it, it's decided at NLS in Washington, and we just kind of go along with it. Um, but I appreciate your question, and yeah, I, um, yeah, as I say, my it, it, some of those rules have changed over the years, but mostly it's uh, like footnotes we read um, sometimes, but not always. Um, I tell you what, what makes me cry sometimes is when I have to read a bibliography that's as long as the book. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not just as long as the book. It has the Russian source and the German source and the Greek source. And, it, uh, uh, uh. and I just wish there was like, I just want to put my number in there and say, if you guys want this, just call me and I'll give you any Save everybody's time and, and, and trouble. This is Nikki Kobe from Minnesota. Hi, Nikki. And, hi. And so, speaking as an author, I've always wondered, mm. um, and the, this would be very, very rare, that I, I, I think there are, um, basically my question is, do you know if authors can request a specific narrator for their book once it is public. I, I know they can make the request. I don't know that it's always honored, um, but I know that um, Donna wanted me to record her book and it never happened and that was really heartbreaking for both of us. Um, I'm a cog in the wheel. Um, you know, so I, I, I mean, right, it never hurts to ask, right? That's what I'm learning as I get older, just ask, but at the end of the day, it's somebody else's decision. I hate to be a Betty bring down, but it's true. How does it I, I, it's just all, it's decided and the books are distributed accordingly. And if anybody knows more about that, please. Is there a committee or something? I don't know. All right. I'm sorry. I'm just the talent. We just show up and look pretty and read the books. Go ahead. I mean this as quite a compliment, as a compliment to you. And that is, I have a habit of not tending to read books by excellent readers as yourself. 
at more than 100% speed. I understand uh, that. For a number of reasons. Yeah. And that's what I think is so wonderful about your ability, is that you sound just as good at 137 or 150%. <laughs> nice to know. It's gotta be your cadence. I'm not sure what it is, but you just have such a great ability. Um, your voice just has such great quality, regardless of the speed that it's at. And I just want to thank you for well, the work you. that you put into it to make that happen. Oh, thank you so much. And I'll forgive you for not bringing me lobster. <laughs> there was, a, was there a gentleman next to you that had a question, too, or were you just working as a team? Yeah, okay, cool. Cool, good, good, good. Anybody else? I have a question, Martha. Yes. I, I don't know if you've heard this one before, but uh, when you're in the booth, do you take your shoes off? stop with the shoes, do you? <laughs> so yes, I take my um, I take my shoes off and uh, yeah yeah, I've, I've, I've made myself comfortable a few times. I, I love the time, one time I went to pick up my girls from, to my mom was watching them and I went to pick up my girls and she took one look at me and she goes, oh didn't you go to work today? I'm like, mom, I'm sitting in a booth by myself all day, this is what I wore, okay? <laughs> Martha, this is yeah. Sheila from Hi, Sheila. Orlando, Florida. Um, I met you in St. Petersburg. Yes. Many, I thought you looked familiar. <laughs> many years ago. I remember. <laughs> anyway, are you allowed to refuse to record a book? The, the thinking always was, there are a lot of people that want to do this job, and so the thinking, the sort of unspoken message was, if you don't do it, somebody else will. I did refuse one book once. Yes, I did. Because I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do it justice because it was a material that upset me so deeply and was so offensive to me that, I, I, I mean, I read stuff that's offensive to me all the time, but this was, yeah, this was above and beyond. It really was. I couldn't do it. So, um, but, you know, I talked, I didn't just flat out refuse. I said, you know, is there a way that we can make, you know, make this work? And somebody else read it and it was taken care of. But, um Again, I try to revert to, not revert to, but I try to reflect back on my feeling. When I, when I, I used to work at a really great bookstore in, in Denver called the Tattered Cover Bookstore. And one of the first things they ask new employees is, how do you feel about censorship? And, you know, my first thing is, oh, I'm against it. And it's true, you know. And then they pose the question, what if you were working at the cash register and a, a teenager came up, a very depressed looking teenager, and they bought a book which exists, it's, which is How to Commit Suicide. Would you sell them that book? And you know, it's easy to like stand on the side of you know, anti-censorship when it's within your, but that was a tricky one. And at the end of the day, I would sell the book. You know, just like at the end of the day, I'll read stuff that I don't like because it's not up to me to decide what other people have access to. Um, but in this one case, Sheila, it was just, I couldn't, it was a woman, a political woman, and I just, I find her highly offensive, and I think she just, I think she just lives to be offensive, and so I just said, you know, I, I, I'm not going to, I can't do this, so it worked out okay. Hi, you're standing up. Do you want me to stop talking now? Yeah, I'm afraid. Okay. In the, in the second row with the beautiful poncho, I forget your name already. Kate, Kate you've question. been so patient. One more question. That's She's right. coming. It's actually not a question. It's not a question. It's, it's a quick comment. If it's a compliment, we have time. If it's not, we don't have time. Sorry. <laughs> I just ran out. No, I'm just kidding. You've got to say it loud because I got the mic. Go for it. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. Um, I just wanted to say that another Geraldine Brooks book that I loved was Caleb's Crossing. Yes. Oh. Which is about the Native American from Martha's Vineyard. Oh. Harvard. And you, that book, you made it, I mean, I love her books anyway, but you made it so alive. Oh, great. And I love Marcus Vineyard. We used to be there. It's beautiful. You know what? Uh, Ten Thousand White Women. Has anyone ever read that one? No. It's so cool, and it's it's based on a true thing. Look it up. Ten Thousand White Women. Okay, so good. But I also wanted to make another comment about, yes. about dialect and, and, and yes. how important it is. I have a student who read a book. It wasn't one of yours because it was a you know a, a young adult book. Yes. And she was sort of reluctant reader and said, you know, she was sort of going along with me and reading it. And then after a while made this comment about how much she loved the way the narrator read the book. Yes. And then one of my favorite moments of the whole school year was when she saw me coming and she said, and she said to me, can you believe what that mother just did? 
And it was like, I hadn't, we hadn't been talking about the book. Yeah. We weren't in class. It was that much in her mind. What happened in chapter 22. Yeah. And it was just such That's, a wonderful, wonderful thing. So it is really, really meaningful to, to do that. I mean, that, a story like that will keep me going for years. Because especially when a young person connects with literature, oh, that's all I ask for. Yeah. And then I have one other thing. You have so many comments. <laughs> she said one. Brian, sorry. This is, this is an aside. Having had two children who have gone to college, I wish you luck in September. And oh, thinking of you. thank you. That was a nice one. I'm glad you ended with that one. Thanks. Hey, you guys, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It is absolutely true what somebody said earlier that to those of us who love talking books, there's nothing like a rock star in our lives than a good talking book narrator. No question about it. Uh, in addition to uh, thanking Martha for her fine presentation here and for being with us all the time, remember tonight's auction. Breakfast with Martha's on the auction block. So you can you can ask her all those other questions she might not have wanted to answer in public. Here. It's amazing what you can ask over breakfast. I suppose it's going to be in the restaurant, right, Brian? Well, oh shucks. So. Find books and more in accessible media with APH's free of charge Louis database. HTTP colon slash slash L-O-U-I-S dot APH dot org. Locate accessible educational materials from nearly 200 different agencies. APH products and textbooks can also be located using Louis. New extended searching now available with free Louis Plus. Visit soon. HTTP colon slash slash L-O-U-I-S dot APH dot org. Many book materials help Braille users jot notes quickly. Pull APH's mini-book Braille binder out of your pocket and begin to write on the mini-book slate in just seconds. Materials are sold separately so that you can choose the combination that's right for you. Call the American Printing House for the Blind, toll-free, 800-223-1839, or visit www.aph.org. Page 4, the Sound Prince calendar. July 12 is the next Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired Savvy meeting from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time in Owensboro. For more information, call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418. July 12 to 14 is the Gateways 2016 Conference at the Kentucky School for the Blind. This is a summer in-service training for Kentucky's vision teachers. For more information, call the school at 502-897-1583 and contact Beth Baker at extension 7105. On July 14, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will have its next conference call meeting at 7 p.m. The number is 605-475-4700 and the code is 155619. On July 15, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold its first July roundabout with Education and Technology, 3.30 to 5 p.m., Discussion, 5 to 6, Dinner, $5 per person from 6 to 7, and Dinner that night will be Pizza, and Games and Crafts from 7 to 10. Call 895-4598 to sign up. On July 16 is the second workshop in the Braille for the Sighted series at the APH Museum. Contact them to sign up at 502-899-2213. On July 17, the KSB alumni will hold its last board meeting before the 2016 reunion. It'll be at 8 p.m. on the conference line at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On July 18, KCB will hold its July board meeting at 8 p.m. on the same conference line. July 22, 
will be the next GLCB roundabout with the usual schedule, education and technology, 3.30 to 5, education discussion time, 5 to 6, dinner, 6 to 7, and games and crafts from 7 to 10. Call 502-895-4598 to sign up. On July 25, the Guide Dog Users of Kentucky will have its July conference call at 7 p.m. on the line at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. And on July 29 will be the last GLCB roundabout for the month of July. More information and to sign up, 502-895-4598. On August 5 and 6, the KSB alumni will hold its 2016 Conference and Reunion at the Ramada Inn, 1041 Zorn Avenue in Louisville. Information, call 502-897-1583. Hotel reservations, call 502-897-5101. And on August 13 is the final Cinema Saturday for this year at the Printing House Museum. They'll be showing The Book of Eli from 2010. This is an R-rated movie. The showtime will be 12.30 p.m. to 3 p.m. And for more information and to sign up, call the museum at 502-899-2213. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, Call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.